Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Common Kaiser Show. And today I have a very uh, a good friend of mine as a guest on today. Uh, her and I, we did the speech team together for four years uh, while throughout my entire experience here at Cedarville University. Uh, not the debate team. Make that very clear. Not the debate team. We did the speech team together. She is also the uh, creator of her own blog, We Are Masterpieces. It's on YouTube and uh, Instagram. Uh, follow that. Uh, Meg is from Chicago, Illinois, or the Chicagoland area, which is a short for Crystal Lake, Illinois. So she is from there. Uh, and Meg is currently engaged to Private Levi Shepler. So congratulations on that, Meg. And Meg and I are looking to graduate in, uh, at this point, less than a week. We're graduating on May 4th. It's hard to believe we come this far. Uh, thank you, Meg, for being here today. It's nice to have you on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So to start off, we're going to start off with the warm-up. So got a series of questions for you. Hope I think they're pretty interesting. So let's get started. So first question, left Twix or right Twix? Um, I, so I've been gluten-free for about two years and have not had <laughs> Twix Uh in the two years that the right or left Twix debate has been going on. Oh so, um, both, neither. Let's pretend they're gluten-free Twix. <laughs> I still wouldn't know because I haven't, I haven't had them. Oh gosh. <laughs> I didn't like Twix before either. So, Oh no. Okay. Well, uh, I was hoping to get something out of that, but all right. All right. That's good. That's good. I love it. All right, next question. What is your favorite genre of music? Oh, goodness. Um, it depends on the day. Today, I have been really excited about listening to uh, musical theater. Uh, yesterday, I was very into um, kind of more ballads. Uh, it really depends. I listen to everything, right. including we... rap. Okay, so is rap your final answer? Uh, final answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, nice. So next question. Where is the farthest you've ever felt from home? Mm. Location. Doesn't have to be a feeling, just a location. See, so I grew up blessed, able to travel into a lot of places, and I have 14 more states to cross off of my list. Uh, I have been to Alaska and Hawaii, and I would probably say one of those. I think Hawaii more so, Hawaii, just okay. because it's so different from uh, the northern mm. Chicagoland area, uh, where it's just hot, and there's palm trees, and bananas growing on trees is very In strange. In Hawaii or In Alaska? Hawaii. Okay. In Hawaii. <laughs> I was going to say Alaska. Alaska, uh. Alaska was actually very, it was warmer in Alaska than it was back at home. Really? Yes. You must have gotten there at a good time. Yes, it was great. Nice. All right. Next question. I think you'll like this one. I will. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is? My speech coach's favorite artist. Yeah. <laughs> Derek. Our speech coach is Derek Green. I want to give a shout out to D-Man. Derek is a great guy. All I right, second so, that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Next question. Should Santa Claus be arrested for a home invasion? Um, well, no, because people put out cookies and milk for him, so they're expecting him to come. So if he's entering into a house where they're expecting him to come, is he really invading the house? Mm, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'll give you that. All right. What is the single best day on the calendar? 
June 25th because it's exactly halfway from Christmas. Hmm. Not Christmas, June 25th, just like that feeling well, of anticipation Chris- or... Christmas is already a big enough day. And uh, I've always wanted my birthday to be on June 25th. So then it's like even. What day is your birthday on? It is Pi Day. Pi Day. If you nice. can figure that out. Um, mm. But I was just I always felt that it was too close to Christmas. And it's like, I just got presents. And now you want to know what I want again? I don't need that much stuff. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. What fad or trend do you hope comes back? I'm going to be honest. I've never followed fads or trends. I guess I don't know if I'd want it to come back because I don't know if it's ever been a fad or a trend, but I would hope that the natural look, not just like natural glam makeup, but actually having a natural face and natural hair comes back Mm, because a lot of girls are really self-conscious about going out without makeup or with their hair just as it is naturally. And I'd love to see girls just more okay with that. Hmm, Interesting. All right. So next thing, and I guess speech team, hopefully you can attest to this, but what could you give a 40-minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? Sleep disorders. Sleep disorders, all right. I have written four research papers on sleep disorders in my four years here at Cedarville. All right. Uh, and I was hoping to go into sleep research, but I could, I could speak for hours on what we know and do not currently know about Hmm. particularly nightmare disorders interesting all right that's good to know uh so next question what is something that a ton of people are obsessed with but you just don't get the point of pretty much everything (laughs) oh Um, god (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) um i'm i'm just very much that type of person who's just out there just themselves okay. uh i don't really follow fads or trends like sure you asked before um oh what are people really into right now See, i don't even keep track of this stuff um <laughs> do you play any video games or Fortnite or, or apex is it now i don't play video no? games. i tried uh. playing video games my fiance got me to try and play um dark souls oh my gosh um i made it to the first boss level and then i couldn't figure out how to shift the camera view and move at the same time so that didn't go very well dark Um, souls is infamous for being very difficult so yes i i know that as well so you made it pretty far i'll give you that (laughs) (laughs) um i was thinking of I don't know. Earlier today, I was thinking about that song with the Nene and the whatnot. The whip and the Nene. Yeah, that that Nene. thing. Okay, okay. Uh, that was from like our freshman year. The girls in my hall danced to it on like a weekly basis. Oh, okay. I think fads <laughs> like that need to stop. Remind me, what hall were you in freshman year? I lived in Printy Hall, ah. which for anybody who doesn't know uh, anything about the school we go to, I don't know if you say the school we go to. Right I now. did not go on, so about yeah. the Printy Hall, go on. Yeah, so uh, Printy is for mostly freshmen live there. It's a tiny hall, it's unit style, um, and pretty much everybody kind of either loves each other or doesn't love each other, and I was in the <laughs> introverted not super loving I, each other type yes printy is like the drama dorm here yes or, yeah yes <laughs> so many stories right? yeah <laughs> all right next question 
Should daylight savings time be a thing? No, it's stupid. Okay. Um, it was created by Benjamin Franklin a uh, few centuries ago. A while ago, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple um, years, a couple days. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> just a couple years ago. Um, frankly, we're the only country that has it, and it. I understand that it's for farmers, and my fiance uh actually was a farmer um so i understand the purpose of it for that but other countries can get away with it or without it and i just think it's silly gotcha so does daylight savings time it starts in spring and ends in fall like technically in winter is it not in action i'm not i forget which one i it have is. no idea yeah. all i know is you fall backwards yeah. and you spring forward. forward all right i just wasn't sure which one was like the yeah, active I don't know. all right next question did OJ do it? I'm not familiar enough with the uh, oh, with, with the, the case, case oh, to okay. say yes or no. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, say a word in French. Mm. Pick a word. Uh, this podcast is amazing. Anyone listening to it should definitely share it with everyone they know. <laughs> Amazing. Let's go with amazing. Okay, we're going to skip that idea, and I'm just going to say um, the word name is Appel. Appel. All right. Well, that's good. That's awesome. Last question. If you were to star in, I think this is funny, if you were to star in a music video, what song would it be? Okay, so I have a playlist called Singing, and this is the songs that I just kind of belt out all the time, and I like to pretend like I'm the singer and can actually sing well. Um, I would have to say my favorite song to do that with right now is And I'm Telling You I'm Not Gonna Leave uh, by Jennifer Hudson. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. I. Wasn't really sure what to expect on that. Yeah, that, yeah. I was waiting for you to say hello, but maybe just because the speech team, we did that. Oh, that was, California. that was great. You were hysterical in that. That was funny. When we were at a speech tournament out in Azusa Pacific, California, Mm -hmm. that was uh, a year ago, we uh, did a music video for hello. Someone tried to post it, but it didn't work out (laughs) because of copyright, but it was pretty funny. I thought about recording hello and then just overlaying it on so we could actually post it and then i listened to myself sing it and said oh heck no oh my well i will say with voices it's hard like even this podcast listening to myself i'm like oh gosh i sound like that no wonder people don't like me (laughs) all right thank you oh well thank you meg well that is it for the warm-up uh we will be right back shortly uh just to hear a bit from about our sponsor all right, then welcome back. We are back at the Common Kaiser Show, and now we are going to begin the background check and the moments of truth. So, Meg, you and I did the speech team together for uh, this is four years coming on now. It's yeah, it's been it's gone quick. So, at the beginning, or actually before we go into the beginning with our audition, we auditioned together for the team. Yep. <laughs> uh, tell us a bit about what the speech team isn't that like where people debate or like. Oh my word! You're rolling Wade. your eyes. So Wait, what are we? Gonna- no. Okay. <laughs> oh goodness sakes. Okay. So one of my biggest pet peeves is when people call us the debate team because we don't debate. What we do is we prepare speeches and we stand up and we speak them. Uh, so there are three different types of public speaking events, uh, which is what we call the different types of types of events. Okay. Yeah. 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 
And what are those I'm three types? Yeah. <laughs> they are limited prep, which are speeches where you have a limited amount of time to prepare a speech. Uh, that's my personal favorite because they're never the same and you never know what's coming at you, which sometimes, sometimes it works a good out. Thing, and sometimes it's not a great like, thing. Oh, gosh. Oh, I have okay, so limited too. prep. Uh, there's also platform speeches, which are your normal. Uh, persuasive speaking informative speaking um we have a in collegiate speech we have a event called um after dinner speaking which Mm. is like an informative persuasive comical type of uh is that like a stand-up comedy kind of deal no 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 you have to be arguing something not like with people but you have to have an argument that you are presenting yeah and then you just kind of throw jokes in as you gotcha. want. That's why I didn't do so hot. And I just kept going the stand-up routine. I was like, hey. And yeah, you're like, no. Yeah. No, okay. you get pretty good at that. Gotcha. Um, finally, we have interpretation events. Uh, these are your acting events. There are duo interpretation. Uh, there's poetry. There's dramatic interpretation and prose. The difference between dramatic interpretation and prose being that Dramatic interp or DI, as we mm-hmm. call it, is something that was made to be performed, and prose is something that was written with the purpose of being read or a movie or something like. Actually, no, a movie would actually fall in DI. Never mind that. Still, still, but okay. yes, yeah. But things that were not intended to be performed, and then there's program oral interpretation, which is what I like to compete in, which is where you can take any type of literature, including song lyrics. Uh, poetry, your normal type of literature, and throw it all together to make one argument, one cohesive piece that you act out. Hmm. Gotcha. So that's a little bit about the speech team. Yeah. It's, it's all over the place, but it's definitely oh, yeah. a unique event. I, it is. Coming in, I was, I'd never heard of this event before, and I came into college here about uh, fall of 2015 and saw the table and went in and auditioned and... Uh, it was an interesting experience. Uh, Meg here, I guess, was about to explain. I guess I didn't know what I was doing, or I don't know. Like, I auditioned. I felt okay, but I don't know. How did you feel about the experience? Ooh, how honest do you want me to be? We're on a podcast. I'm used to getting roasted, so oh, please. okay. Well, Wade has a wonderful speaking voice, as I'm sure you can tell listening to this podcast. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he had no idea what the heck he was doing, though. Bless his heart. Um, I was coming into this, the audition, um, with four years of speech already under my belt. I knew what I was doing. I was competing with a regional winning speech. Mm -hmm. I was coming in and I was using that as my audition. Um, I, in the audition we had to do, um, our coach asked us a question. We had a speech that we had to kind of read and act out. And then we had a speech that we had to prepare and speak beforehand. I impromptu that speech <laughs> as I have never memorized a speech in my life. Uh, and for the record, for those listening, each of those three represent each of the three types of events. So that was the goal of that. So go on. Yes. So you memorized. And- yeah. Yeah. So I've never memorized a speech. Um, and so I stood there. I read my one speech. Um Actually, I pretend like I was reading it. I'm dyslexic, so trying oh. to read things doesn't go all that great ever. Oh, no. um, but I had it memorized uh, to an extent that I liked it. Uh, and then I would 
kind of change parts that I didn't like and kind of come up with something on the fly there. Um, but I gave that speech. I impromptued my prepared speech. Okay. Um, and then my coach asked me a question and I answered the question. Um, I can't remember if you went first or if I went first. I went first. I went first. I gave a, uh, PA on, uh, I actually got it from David Long, a great guy, <laughs> great guy I look up to. Yes. Uh, he, I worked with him and a gentleman named Gabe Cyrus, and mm-hmm. he gave me my uh, inter piece. The PA was like on Israel or something, and then the PA was like, I think it was like some guy dressed up as a mouse or piece of cheese. I don't remember. It was like some silly thing. May mm-hmm. gets up. I forget what your PA was about, but your, uh, your interp was like, I think these two got like, married or like had a kid and their kid got ran over by a bus and died and I was like oh my gosh like yep yeah. these people dying in these speeches turns out death is like you need Normal. to have someone die in your speech otherwise you're going nowhere yeah yeah it was actually it was a piece on a woman who was deaf got married she had a son and that son was deaf and then the son wanted to get a cochlear implant and on the way back from the library from getting research about the cochlear implant he didn't see the bus coming and got, got hit by a bus. That was it. Uh-huh. And yeah, that I'm, was fun. Yeah, I remember sitting through that. I was like, oh my gosh. Now it's like if I sit through a speech and someone doesn't die or like, I don't know. Like I remember when it's we shocking. were- shocking. Yeah, with like the coach there inter- like doing the, the audition. He was like, oh yeah, I kind of figured that was going to happen to me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I'm going to start crying. <laughs> like this kid just got killed. But that that's pretty much just common practice in speech. So Yeah, yeah it is. But yeah, so speech is definitely an interesting experience. So what would you say is your favorite event to partake in? Uh, I really enjoyed doing program oral interpretation, Uh, just taking all the pieces, putting it together and making it say whatever I want it to say. Uh, I also really enjoyed after dinner speaking. I was so bummed that I could not find a topic for it this year. It's hard. It's hard. It is. But man, one year I had this awesome after dinner speech on a bacteria that was resistant to all types of antibiotics that were legal in the u.s okay uh and we went to nationals and i uh was in the top six which means that i had to give the speech again on the very last day of nationals and i was so sick and i had lost my voice and my nose was running and i was coughing all the time and i'm giving this speech on bacteria that make you sick oh my was that when we were in arizona yes it oh, was i remember that okay yeah so i'm <laughs> giving this speech i'm making all sorts of jokes about how i'm sick and this particular <laughs> um this particular bacteria was a klebsiella pneumonia whatever um, that means <laughs> so it's a type of pneumonia, yeah, type of pneumonia. and okay. then um a week after that actually uh my boyfriend at the time made me go to our university medical services and Mm -hmm. it turned out i had a double ear infection and pneumonia anything else (laughs) my goodness yeah and then i got baptized two days later i remember that yeah yeah with a double ear infection and pneumonia um but yeah i really enjoy both of those speeches they're just a lot of fun to put together a lot of fun to perform all right that's awesome so what would you say you said was your favorite uh poi or ads like both both okay so which out of all the events you we have our favorites but what would you say you've had the most competitive success in mm. would it be like limited prep or um freshman year it was for sure lim- limited prep okay. uh our freshman year i placed 
first in the novice state competition in mm-hmm. impromptu speaking. Yep. Um, the year after that, I got fourth place in nationals uh, with advan- after dinner speaking. The year after that, I got fifth place in nationals with program of oral interpretation. This year, we didn't go to nationals, and I didn't place at all. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, we had some airplane issues. We couldn't get out to nationals. This was uh, about in March. Uh, yeah. What exactly happened there was like they just they wouldn't take off? or um, No. So we had a – there was a cyclone blizzard is what they were calling <laughs> yeah. it in Denver, and it was stopping pretty much flights all over the yeah. U.S., and we um, were going to Kansas for this tournament. Yeah. A, a step down from Arizona and California, but yeah. still, I guess it was a journey. Yeah, I'd never been to Kansas. <laughs> Neither have I. So it would have been one to cross off. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was kind of unfortunate, but that is what it is. Yeah. So um, I also placed uh, both sophomore year and junior year in faith literature, uh, which is only at the Christian National Tournament where you choose a faith-based piece and Mm -hmm. you perform it um so i placed i think sixth both years in that um so i guess faith lit faith lit is my best if you go off of you feel like you've developed the most through doing faith lit or i don't know the most what developed like i don't know you feel like it's helped you grow a lot um no 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 um (laughs) oh no i'm sorry (laughs) i was just i was just trying okay yeah no um really like if you're going off of awards i would say faith lit helped me the most if you are going off of uh teaching me skills then limited prep helped me Mm. the most um it really depends on what fair enough it's hard to box it in and say one exactly it's difficult so speech tournaments are full of a lot of strange things uh Ben, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you probably know where I'm going with this. So what what would you say is the strangest thing you've ever come across at a speech tournament? Oh, can I go back to high school? Oh, sure, please. Okay, my <laughs> sophomore year of high school. This young man has been a friend of mine for uh, like seven years now. But um, he was a freshman. It was his first time ever competing in a, in a oh, speech my. tournament. <laughs> and he was competing in dramatic interpretation. Oh, no. Generally... <laughs> In high school, dramatic interpretation is a monologue. Um, Okay. This young man went up there and played six different women. Um, They all sounded exactly the same. And then one (laughs) of them jumped off a tower to kill herself. And he acted that out as well, including the whole flailing his arms, (laughs) screaming, ah! And then he took his hands and clapped them together and went, thud! And oh uh, that that speech will live in my memory in infamy for <laughs> the remainder of my life. I'm Did he sure. win? Uh, no, no. <laughs> not at all. He went to a different school too, and then um, the next year he transferred to my school, my high school. Oh, okay. And I took him under my wing and I coached him. Okay. And um, he actually ended up going all the way to the state competition with oh, wow. original comedy his senior year. So nice. that was actually really cool. That is awesome. So you mentioned bringing him under your wing. You have mm-hmm. experience of helping other people learn how to do speech. Yeah. Uh, say someone is 
learning speech, what do you think is a question you would like them to ask you? Ooh. Does this speech, is this speech something I can do? Why, why would you want them to ask you that? Um, there were many times where my coach, um, in high school, we weren't allowed to pick our own speeches until our senior year. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yes. So okay. there were a few times where my coach gave me pieces that I was not emotionally able to do to the best of my abilities. Okay. Um, and speeches that I could not do well physically either. Okay. Um, and in doing these speeches, uh, it really took a toll on my self-confidence because I didn't place until my senior year of right. high school. And I only placed um in conference and regionals all right um i would want someone to ask me do you think this is a piece that i can do well that's actually a good point because there's a lot of speeches out there like you can tell yourself oh i can pull it off but speech is a very emotional event there's just mm -hmm. things that some people it's like mm, like it's not bad but i feel like mm -hmm. some people are just not made in a way like i couldn't like, as you mentioned, your friend earlier impersonating women, like, I guess I could give it my best shot, but well. Mm. Yeah, no. But then also, if you're not doing an acting event, how can I make myself sound more like a professional giving yeah. this speech? Uh, that was something I struggled with for a long time mm. is just establishing my um, my ability to actually give this speech that I know what I'm talking about as I'm standing up here mm -hmm. talking about it. Um. And that's something else I would want someone to ask me. Like, um, I'm mm. hoping to coach high schoolers uh, mm. next year while I'm back at home for there a little bit. Uh, and my hope with that is to sit down with them and say, okay, here's where you're at emotionally. This is what you can handle. But then also recognizing this is a little bit about me, but I've struggled with depression for uh, many years now. Mm -hmm. And the speeches my coach gave me were they were about suicide. And so I couldn't say to her like, Hey, I'm struggling with this because I didn't want to be open about that. Sure. But I also know that she still gives that piece out to high schoolers. Oh, they cycle through pieces like that. Yes. Oh. That's common in high school. Interesting. I just, okay. Yeah. College yeah. is definitely different because <laughs> yes. we use new pieces all the time. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, okay. Go on. So, Susan. so I would want to sit down with each person giving these super emotional speeches and say, Hey, can you emotionally do this? Like, is this safe for you to do this? Yeah. Because I remember after doing these pieces and putting all my emotions into these pieces where I'm this suicidal person mm -hmm. and I'm struggling with this by my, on my own anyway, I would get on the bus at the end of a speech tournament and I was, I was struggling so hard just because I was putting all that emotion in and I couldn't pull myself out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so recognizing that in high school we don't have the emotional capacity sometimes to be able to say okay i can go in and be this character but then i have to pull out and stop yeah and sit down with students who are maybe doing these emotionally hard pieces and say okay if you really want to do this piece here's how you pull out of that hmm. and here's how you get out of that mode interesting okay so looking at that speech is a very as much as it is putting on a show, there's a lot of personal emotions and stuff. So how would you say your experience at Cedarville speech team, home speech team, how would you say that has affected you on a personal level? Well, in high school, um, 
for a lot of my peers, speech really gave them a lot more self-confidence because they were already doing very well with their pieces and they could just take it and go. Uh, I didn't have that background of acting like my friends did. Mm. Uh, I was in three shows my senior year of high school. Uh, Otherwise, I did speech. And I didn't have that background of acting. And so it really took a toll on my self-confidence when I was going and doing these speeches. And I kept doing so poorly and doing so poorly and doing so poorly. And I was just trying to do it well for myself. I think also part of my problem with that, though, was I couldn't practice my speeches. Hmm. uh, Just because it took such an emotional toll on me. And they were pieces I didn't want my parents to hear about. Because, (laughs) like, one was about parental rape and i didn't want my parents anywhere near that yeah even though it's like they know you're practicing your speech they like overhear that it's like i'm sorry what's going on here yeah and then and i also didn't want them to hear about the suicide piece and i Mm. never practiced speeches the only speech i practiced was the deaf one because i needed to do the sign language along with it Mm -hmm. Uh, so i practiced that one all the time that's why i did so well with that one yeah uh when i came to cedarville it was less so you have to win and more so you are here to make disciples and to spread light. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was a big change because when I was in high school, I was performing for me and me alone. And then in college, um, my life just did a complete 360 and I found the Lord and I started competing for him. And in doing that, um, he, blessed me with a lot of uh, competitive success and it really Mm. took my confidence up and since then I've just been so much more confident in giving speeches and doing things like this and starting my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. Um, so just being able to stand up in front of people and do something that a lot of people find to be extremely nerve-wracking public speaking is actually one of the first most anxiety driving things that you can do it's true yeah um so being able to go and do that and do it confidently Mm. has just elevated my self-confidence but has also made me look towards god even more Mm. knowing that it's not from me that i can speak well because we tried that once and it didn't go (laughs) great (laughs) but it's Uh. because christ has given me this ability to speak well that i'm able to i can definitely relate to that so obviously there's been a big spiritual impact here so uh, my next question was gonna say would you say there's been a spiritual impact but obviously oh, there has been no you i i like it i that's this is mm-hmm. what i was really i i really like this your testimony is awesome so tell us a bit about so speech i assume plays a lot in from your transition from high school to college but mm-hmm. so i guess tell me a bit about your transition from coming to cedarville you cho- you had a choice of what like a couple schools or how many schools did you tell me that you had to choose from or looked into? My mom wanted me to apply to 13 schools. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Um, The reason for that, I've recently found out that when you are applying to graduate schools, you want to apply to about 13. Okay. uh, Just to make sure that you get into at least one. At least one. Okay. Um, How many of those you visit? I visited all 13. Oh, okay. Um, I liked two of them. 
Cedarville was not one of the two of them. Would you say Cedarville was like number 13 on that list? Uh, yeah, it was actually. All right, so uh, what changed your mind? Oh. Well, so I wasn't going to apply to this school. My mom said that I needed to apply to 13. I applied to 12. Uh, I was trying to find another school to apply to because I did not want to come here. Did you just like throw a dart on the board and hit Cedarville? Or? Uh, no. There was a young man who I uh, oh. really liked, oh, and he was planning to go to the University of Cincinnati. And I said, you know what? I'm looking at this school in Ohio as well, even though it was the last one on my list. Okay. Uh, and so I decided to apply to Cedarville, um, thinking, well, me and this guy will be kind of close to each other. Sure. Maybe we can date. Sure. Um, he actually ended up going to a school in Chicago, Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay, but still you applied. You applied. Yeah, so I applied. Um I visited here. Um the first time I visited, I came with my entire family. It was spring break. We were in Ohio for a funeral. I don't know who the person was that we were there for the funeral for. It was my dad's friend from college's okay. mom, I think. Okay. I never met them before. Yeah. Um but generally for spring break, my family and I would go down to Florida. So going to Ohio for spring break for a funeral and a college visit while it was raining was not on the top of everybody's lists no. of things to do. Um, so we're going around this school. Everybody's way too happy. Oh, tell um, me about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're really cheerful here. It's mm -hmm. great once you get used to it. That first time, though, as a depressed and kind of emo little high schooler who, for the first time in four years, was not wearing all black, this was not a fun time. Mm. Um, so I did not like this school, needless to say. Uh, then... I was filling out my applications. There was the guy. I applied to the school again. Um, and my parents and I came out and visited again. And it was snowing. And <laughs> I still didn't really like it. All right. um, my, my mom really liked another school that I was for sure about. Uh, my dad really liked this school. Oh, okay. So I brought my mom to cedarville okay and we sat in in the president we sat in chapel for the first time and the president was speaking and the president of my university is very strong in his beliefs yes. and is very spoke outspoken about his beliefs yep and uh it did not sit well with my mother oh okay. or with me really hmm. so um still not sure about cedarville uh then i went to this other school with my dad and i was walking around and I lost sight of my dad for no joke. N it could have even been 30 seconds. But I had this huge panic attack because I didn't feel safe being there without my dad next to me. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of my clue of Cedarville is probably not, or not Cedarville, the other school was probably not gotcha. where I needed to be. So you felt safe at Cedarville. Yeah. So then I brought my dad and my sister back for an all-access event and my sister and my dad went to the University of Ohio to go and look at schools for her. Okay. Uh, and they left me here. And I just walked around and I felt completely safe. Hmm. Um, and so that kind of made the decision for me. Plus, uh, I really wanted to 
kind of transform as a person. Uh, I didn't like who I had become. I had become a very attention-seeking, needy, depressed person. And my best friend was going to the other school I was looking at. And I knew if I went to this school with my best friend, I would remain the same person who I didn't like. Okay. Um, so those were the two reasons why I decided to go with Cedarville. There is nobody from my area here at Cedarville. Nobody knows me. Nobody's ever heard of me. Well, now they have, but <laughs> yeah. they hadn't. At and so point. it was a completely blank slate and I could be whoever I wanted to be. And that was very important for me. That's nice. Okay. So you're here blank slate. How were your first few weeks? We have five bo- fall Bible conference here. That's, oh yeah. For those who are listening, Cedarville University, the first week of School, basically, they have a big old fall Bible conference where they bring in a special guest speaker. That year, I believe it was Clayton King who spoke yeah. on pain. And it was yeah. a v- he was a very good speaker, yes. but I'll let you speak more to that in your experiences. So yeah. what was your so experience with that? So he spoke on suffering and struggles and loss um, and things like that. And um, so I kind of, a little bit of my background, I grew up going to a church uh, I wouldn't say that I knew everything about the Bible, but I knew enough to know Jesus existed, I guess. Okay. <laughs> did you have a general, like, you knew the Christmas story? Uh, no, any? I'd actually never heard the Christmas oh, story. Right. Did you know that the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek or no. anything? No. Okay. That's fair. I mean, um, a lot, a, a yeah, lot of I thought, people who, yeah. I thought that Easter Sunday was the day that Jesus died, so. Um, All right. Uh, more pe- I honestly probably more people think that than we realize. So yeah, well, I grew up going to a mega church, and um, at this church, Christmas was more uh, to get more people to come to the church. It was more like a festival. Okay. Um, they did more interpretation of the Bible of the Christmas story, interesting, rather than reading it. Um, and then Easter, because there are so many people going to this church, they didn't have time to have a, this is the Good Friday service and this is the Easter service. So they kind of put it all together in the service. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was really confused as a small child because yeah. I didn't understand the difference. Um, also, when my dad asked me what the first book of the Bible was, I very, like two weeks before I left for Cedarville, I just very strongly said Exodus. Uh, I mean, you were close. For those who don't know, it is Genesis. <laughs> close. Exodus is number two. So, yep. okay. Um, so I had grown up in a church. If people asked, I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't gone to church in about a year when I came to Cedarville. Um, we just, I had a falling out with my friends at the church. Uh, they didn't... Uh, they didn't particularly know how to handle me as a depressed individual. Oh, okay. Um, and there was a lot of uh, drama there with that. Bit of fallout too. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, one of the girls in my small group uh, got pregnant out of wedlock in high school, and everybody kind of came around her. And when I came out about my depression freshman year, everybody kind of pushed me away. Oh. Um, yeah. And so when she came out and said, hey, I'm pregnant, and everybody just came around her, I realized this was not the area I needed to be in. Yeah. Um, huh. And so I just left my church. My family had left years beforehand. Hmm. Um, but I left and um, just kind of left that whole part 
of me kind of behind and changed my life drastically um, and partook in some sin things that I'm not proud of myself for partaking in um, and uh, came to Cedarville. And I remember that whole first week before I came to Cedarville, uh, I kept having nightmares of the president of my university pulling me up on stage, finding out that I was not a true Christian and Uh. throwing holy water at me, which is not something (laughs) Christians do. Um, But this this explains to you how much I didn't know about the church. Uh Um, Uh So our first week at school, um, my parents moved me in on a Friday Uh, they left on that same Friday and I was kind of left there with nobody that I knew. Um, for anybody who knows anything about depression, what can happen when somebody moves to a new place and they don't have somebody that they can like lock into and talk with and be like close with, uh, it can be very difficult emotionally. And my depression, which I had kind of kept under control for that whole last year of high school uh just came in super hard Mm. um and so i was there that weekend everybody is so excited so happy and i just feel come kind of empty okay um and then fall bible conference started and clayton king i don't remember if he ever got to the good news but he kept talking about how we are all sinners we're all wretched we're all we can do nothing on our own. We're all going to hell if we kind of keep doing things on our own. And I kept hearing this and hearing this and hearing this. And I felt so guilty from leaving church, from these past mistakes that I had made, from um, de- the depression that I was feeling. And I uh, just kind of gave up a little bit and decided that the next night I was going to commit suicide. And so I came up with a whole plan for that. Uh, so I went to my first day of classes and went to Fall Bible Conference that evening. And Clayton finally got to the good news of the gospel, mm. being that, yes, we are wretched. We are sinners. We can do nothing on our own. But Christ died for us. And when we put our faith in him and we follow him and we claim that he is our own and we repent of our sins that we have committed against him we are with god and we can be with god for eternity and our sins have been wiped clean um and when he said that i was sitting there and i was like well it sounds like i kind of need that a little bit (laughs) and then he led a prayer and i remember sitting in my pew in the balcony and remembering or like listening this prayer and he starts praying it and i'm sitting there like i should be praying this right now Hmm. i should really be praying this right now but i didn't start at the beginning and i'm a little bit ocd about things (laughs) like starting at the beginning so because i didn't start at the beginning i'm like i can't just jump in part of the way through i have to do the whole thing because when i was a kid i thought you have to pray this particular prayer this particular way in order Uh to gain the gift of salvation sure um which is not the case at all uh, but so he led the group in this prayer and then he invited everybody who had prayed the prayer to come down. And uh, I think it was like 308 people came to know Christ that night. I forget the number, but I remember writing it down in my planner and it was a big number. I yeah. was like coming in, like I was a believer coming in. I was like, dang, like 
it's amazing you think a university like Cedarville, like everyone who comes here is already like a believer, especially how you have to write a statement of faith. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the outreach opportunities that this university provides even for their own students. And it's just mm-hmm. a blessing to see that. Even for me, I remember I was like, wow, like that's amazing. Yeah. So I was sitting there the entire time just like shaking, trying to figure out like, okay, I need to just like, I need to go back to my room. I need to find a Bible that's got this prayer in it. Mm-hmm. And um, and like I went downstairs to go to the bathroom and I went back up and my friend was sitting there. My friend, uh, Killian, who's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Killian, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's awesome. But he was sitting there and he looked like he was high on drugs just <laughs> like from the Holy Spirit just sitting there. He was just so happy. Um, Did he find Christ on that <laughs> night too? Or? No, no. He, he came in... Uh, he had found Christ about two years before. Okay. Okay. But he's just one of the most spiritual people I know uh-huh. and just so completely genuine about it. Um, but he's sitting there and he was my only friend that I had at that point in time. Um, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm like so lost right now. And he just prayed with me uh, for wisdom and guidance. And then I went back to my hall and I had... I was overcompensating a little bit. I had brought four Bibles with me. <laughs> hey, you know, got to read one of them, Ellie's, right? <laughs> yeah. I uh, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, okay, people are going to know that I'm not a Christian if I don't bring all my Bibles oh, okay. with me. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I go through my Bibles. I flip to the back of each of them and look for this prayer for salvation. It wasn't, wasn't in it. Threw it on my bed, picked up the next one, went through it. By this point, everybody in my unit is coming to my room because we're supposed to be doing this fun party night and I'm supposed to do everybody's makeup for it. Um, and everybody's coming to my room and I'm going through my Bibles and they're all like, Meg, Meg, you need to do our makeup. Like we're running late. And I spun <laughs> around and I'm like, does anybody have a Bible with a prayer for salvation in it? I need it now. Um, and my RA's roommate says, Meg, do, do you want to be saved? I'm like, yes. Uh, so we went back to her room. We sat on her carpet and she, re- she read um, Ephesians 5 with me. And she just asked me a bunch of questions. Do you believe God is sufficient for covering your sins? And that if you repent of them, that he is good to cover those and that you will be with God for all of eternity. And yes. And she prayed with me and uh, the Holy Spirit came into me and mm. I was saved. And how did that feel? Oh, my word, it was the happiest I've been. Hmm. I called my best friend, who's like my brother, right afterwards. And he was my person that I called generally when I was, um, I made 13 suicide plans in my life. Uh-huh. Um, so he was the one I would call. Yeah. Um, actually, he's been a strong Christian all the way through uh, his life. And... Um, my first plan, I was about to do it, and he called me and just said, "Hey, something just told me I need to call you right now." Wow. Um. So I called him, and he's expecting, because he knew that that transition was going to be hard for me. He'd been yeah. expecting me to call. He's like, "Okay, what's wrong?" And I'm like, "You're not going to believe what just happened." And he's <laughs> like, "Wait, are you smiling? I haven't heard you smile. I haven't seen you smile in so long." This. And we kept, just kept talking. And he's like, this is the happiest I've ever heard you. Wow. Um, and I just had that joy for two years, really, 
um, just nonstop. And then um, some circumstances happened and uh, I had to learn how to grieve with the Lord in my corner. And um, it was tough. I don't know if you want me to go into this now or later. We're good. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about on it. We're at a we're at forty eight minutes right now, so we've actually been talking for quite some time. But I mean, your yeah. testimony is awesome. Like oh. even I'm just sitting here, like, oh, I think that brought a tear to my eye. Like it's oh, just amazing. Like I just love hearing testimonies because there's so much power behind them. There like, are there so are. much power. Yeah. So I guess my next question, following up with that, is you're a changed person. Yes. So what is something that you care about now that you didn't care about four years ago? Oh, gosh. Everything? Everything. <laughs> I, four years ago, I didn't care about my own life. Wow. So everything. <laughs> that is um, kind of, so Christ has had that much of an impact yeah, on you. It, it took a while. Um. I have really had to work to be able to let myself feel emotions again. Uh, joy was easy to let in because mm -hmm. when I was first saved, like the joy of the Lord was just there. Um, and that was easy. Um, I really struggle with being able to say like, this is the emotion that I feel right now. Uh, so I've, got a chart that I use every morning, every night. And I go through and I say, okay, what do I feel right now? Hmm. And that has been extremely helpful in helping me to understand, like, these are the emotions that I have. Um, but I think actually the question isn't, what do I care about now that I didn't? It's what do I not care about now that I did? All right. And that is, I have learned to say, this is the emotion that I feel right now. And I can't read too much into it because I like, I still struggle with depression. I'm actually on a depression route right now. I have been for two weeks. Um, but being able to say like, okay, this is how I feel. The joy of the Lord is my salvation. I am choosing to walk in that joy right now, even though I feel hollow and I feel numb every day, saying that does not define me anymore. What defines me is that I have been saved through Christ's death and resurrection. So you're saying that even though you are united with Christ, you feel peace with Christ you still have difficult times uh and that life is still not perfect despite that where in the bible does it say that it will be perfect exactly that's just one that's just something I just wanted to touch on that yeah so uh but god uh i have no i'm certain <laughs> that god will use these different struggles that I've had uh, to reach other people. Uh, that's my goal with my blog, with my YouTube, is to um, be able to say, like, you are a masterpiece. That's something I've struggled to find in myself. Um, through my years of struggling with all these different 
problems that I have. Um, just being able to look in the mirror and say, yes, I'm beautiful. I am perfectly and wonderfully made. God created me in my mother's womb perfectly, exactly how he intended for me to be. And then also recognizing like I have these sin issues that make me not want to work out and make me want to eat too much food sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So while my weight can be changed for the better and I can take care of my body, um, and potentially lose more weight. Um, also, that might not happen because maybe God intended for me to be at this weight. So it's not something you define yourself as, but something you still work to improve. Because, yeah. So I see your verse for this is Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So is there a bit on that verse that ties in with that? Uh, yeah, so actually in the... Um, I read the ESV version, so... Yes, so in the uh, NLT, which I don't know, New Living? I think New Living Translation, I may be wrong. Yeah, so in the New Living Translation, it actually translates the word workmanship to masterpiece. So, for we are his masterpiece. Did not know that. That makes a lot of sense now. I mean, I figured there's some... Okay, so... Yeah, um, so I... I remember being in a high school youth trip, um, youth group trip, and they taught on that verse the entire time. And I've had written on my mirror, you are a masterpiece for years and years and years. And I was trying to figure out, um, I really wanted to start this YouTube and I really want to start this blog. And um, I knew that I wanted to talk about, um, I'm a psychology major. I really want to talk about how um, our faith and our, uh, mental illness come together, uh, how we can't find our identity in, if you do suffer from mental illness, you can't find our identity in that. It's not, you walk up to someone and say, hi, I'm Megan and I'm depressed. It's, hi, I'm Megan and I'm a Christian. Um, so not first saying, this is who I am and like, I can't, Oh, I can't be happy because I struggle with depression. Oh, I can't uh, ever be on a diet because I struggle with anorexia. Or um, I can't ever believe that I'm beautiful because I struggle with, again, anorexia or things like that. And then being able to um, look in the mirror and say, you know, I was created as a masterpiece. Um, And like something, I think it was like, 98% of girls will look in a mirror and say, I want to change something about myself um, before the seventh grade. And um, I just think that that's insane and silly and something needs to be done about that. And so the purpose of my channel is to say, this is like, I enjoy doing makeup. And I can still wear makeup as a Christian, but I don't need to wear makeup to feel beautiful. Um, This is something I want to do for fun. This is something I want to do sometimes for a little bit more confidence, especially with speech team. Like, I know if I have a huge zit on my face, I will just be thinking about that (laughs) the entire time I'm giving a speech. Uh, Same. (laughs) But um, being able to say, like, yes, I can be beautiful. I can be whoever I want to be in Christ. Um, and so that's kind of 
when I was looking for a name for that, I looked at my mirror and I saw we are masterpieces and I'm oh well there it is. That's actually pretty cool. I knew there was a deep meaning. It just it's really nice to hear that fleshed out. So to wrap things up, this has been an awesome interview. I I really have appreciated it. This has been nice. So if you had one piece of final advice for our audience today to summarize, what would that advice be? If you are struggling with any mental disorder, if you've not told anybody, tell somebody. If you are scared of telling somebody because you don't think that they'll believe you, keep trying until you find someone who does. And if you believe that you are not a Christian because you struggle with a mental disorder, know that you still are a Christian if you have repented of your sins and have put your life in the hands of Jesus. Um, God does not give us more than we can handle. God will not necessarily take away your struggles just because you are walking with him. Sometimes these struggles are meant to bring us closer to him. Uh, I know in my own life, if I, if I hadn't struggled with the different mental illnesses that I have struggled with, I would not be as strong of a Christian as I am now because I've recognized that I need Christ in my life to get through the day. Um, and if you don't have Christ in your life, Find somebody who does, who can talk to you about how good he is. And if you do have Christ in your life, know that your testimony is good, but everybody has a testimony. And know that when you are sharing the gospel with somebody, that if it is necessary, you should use words. Only when it's necessary, though. So we need to remember in our actions to be followers of Christ, to be a light. And we don't necessarily need to be saying, hi, I'm Megan, I'm a Christian, in order to say that. We can say that by just doing things throughout our lives, by loving people the way that they're supposed to be loved, by serving with a servant's heart, as Christ did. Um, by going up to that person who is struggling and saying, I am here with you, I am next to you, you are my brother or sister, and I love you, and not pushing them away. Um, so that was a lot of advice. Oh, thank you, Meg. I got a lot more than I bargained for there, but I'm definitely talking to my speech teammate here, always knowing how to give a speech. I appreciate it, Meg. I was glad to have you on the show. And any additional shout-outs before we uh, wrap this thing up? Um. I mean, I think we've shouted out to everybody, but um, <laughs> Levi, if you're hearing this, I love you, and stay strong. You can get through basic. All right, then. Well, thank you very much, Meg. Thank, thank you for having me. All right. Everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, again, watch Meg's blog. We are Masterpieces. A lot of good content there, as you witness here today. Uh, you all have a good rest of the day, and thank you for listening.